We have a unique testimonial for the show this week, as it is a first for the show. An attorney who started a performance speaking coaching business after losing what should have been an open and shut case because he didn't understand the importance of appealing to emotions at this time. Welcome back to That Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Vincent A. Lancey. It does not matter if you are looking to start or scale your business because this is the podcast for you. Each episode, I sit down with a new entrepreneur from around the country and across the globe. They're gonna share their story and help you learn from their successes and more importantly, lessons learned. This week's guest recognized that he needed more than the right words to connect with and persuade a jury. He needed to create an emotion. Early in his career, Robbie lost a case and heard the jury say they believed the defendant was guilty, but they'd give him a break this time. He presented all the facts correctly, but the other attorney compelled the jury to feel compassion for the defendant. This caused a light bulb to go off in Robbie's head. He realized your audience is won over or lost by your ability to convey a feeling. He created and founded the performative speaking framework to reverse engineer the feeling you want to create by drawing on popular movie scenes that make you feel a certain emotion. I'm excited to get into this journey. We have a great guest here today. Allow me to bring on Robbie Crabtree. Robbie, it's great to see you again. Vince, super stoked to be here. Can't wait to have this conversation with you. Love the energy you're bringing right out of the gate. Have to bring the energy for our listeners because we battled through 10 full seasons before this and they, I just, they deserve the best. So would you mind introducing yourself to everyone? Let them know a little bit who Robbie Crabtree is before we start. Yeah, I think you did a great job there, Vince. I'm, I'm a trial lawyer. I tried 102 jury trials. I focused on murders, capital murders, and child abuse for, for a very long time. I also did some civil rights cases as well. But you know, part of the problem of being a, a trial lawyer is your entire job is to minimize risk. And I said, you know what? That's, that's a tough world to live in. I want to figure out how to maximize rewards. And that's when I jumped onto the entrepreneur world, created performative speaking, and now I've been running that as my business, my baby, my vision over the last you know couple of years and have really just seen incredible results on this journey. Yeah, I've been able to check out your work and we spoke a few times, so I've seen how far you've come. I'm looking forward to it. So I want to really dive in here for our audience, put a lens on this situation that drew you to entrepreneurship. You had this dry cut case or what should have been, you did your job right. Everyone knew what was right and wrong, but you found out that emotions played just as large of a role as the facts. Let's dive into this case, of course, with what you can share legally. Yeah, so honestly, it was a pretty low stakes. It was my eighth jury trial I ever had, and it was just a driving while intoxicated case. And in Texas, the legal limit is a 0.08. And he was a 0.12. The defendant had got on this witness stand and said, I was drinking that night. I feel bad for what I did. I shouldn't have driven all these things, right? And you think that's a, a clear cut case. And I, I've always said this, it's the words I overheard from the jury changed my life because they told him when they came back with that not guilty verdict, and I felt that punch in my gut, right? Where I was like, what just happened? And they said, we know you were guilty. You know, you were guilty, but we believed you when you said you felt sorry and felt bad for what you had done. We're going to give you a chance. And it was in that moment that I was like, I've got to dive into this stuff. I've got to learn how to be the best speaker, the most persuasive speaker. And that really took me throughout my career 
and led me to, to those big high stakes profile cases, but then also led me to, to this entrepreneur world because I want to help other people do the same thing instead of just keeping it locked inside of myself in a courtroom when I'm you know, just trying to, to say somebody is guilty or not guilty, liable, not liable. An incredible story, as I mentioned to all of you tuning in today, a first for the show. Sometimes in life, and I use this example for my experiences, things don't happen the way you expect them to. Sometimes when you go out and walk home, you don't get to your house. Sometimes when you study for your test and you think you should get an A, you get a B. Here, he found a need through a personal experience, and he not only did he turn into a personal business, but you changed it for a lot of people going forward. Very admirable, Robbie. But now you transition from the courtroom to working on your own. What are two of the hardest parts for you? Two of the hardest parts. The first one is just that feeling of, am I going to make it? I think any entrepreneur, entrepreneur knows this feeling. Of It feels like you can always see that like just over the horizon, there is that oasis. But then we, we never know we're actually going to get there. Are we going to get there? And there's this beautiful, and I'm sure everyone has probably seen this, this cartoon or this drawing at this point where there's two people basically chipping away in a tunnel, right? And you're chipping away, you're chipping away, you're chipping away. And one person turns away when they're that close. They're just on the edge of breaking through and the other one continues to break through and then they see the opening and they've made it. I think that's the hardest part is keeping the course when you're an entrepreneur and believing in yourself that you're going to make it there. I think the second part is any entrepreneur knows the things that are in their head, right? We know how to get things done. We know what we want to happen. We know the quality we expect. But the problem is we can't do it all ourselves. At some point, you need a team. You need to be able to delegate. And so many times in that early process, I find myself being like, no, no, I'll just do it. Like, I know how to do it. It's just easier than me telling you. Except if you do that, you're never going to scale. You're never going to grow and you're just going to work yourself into the ground. So I think the two hardest pieces for me is just continuing to stay focused and believe that I'm going to make it and also how to hire good people and delegate some of that responsibility. Very great points on the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. The downs can be down. There could be gaps in between the ups. So you have to find ways to stay afloat. And by doing that, like he said, surrounding yourself with the right team. I am very much looking forward to having more resources to bring on more marketing help and social media help. Coaches and mentors play a big part in my life as my resources are limited. You need someone to bounce ideas off in the corner. I have several mentors who all play a different role as they all have different strengths, which is into another great point here. Leverage your strengths, find a team to support your weaknesses and then help turn them into strengths. But Robbie, over the few years you've been doing this now, what would you say one of your greatest lessons learned is from your experiences? One of the best lessons that I've learned in this journey is surround yourself with people who are going to celebrate your wins, but also hold you accountable to not get complacent. Yes. I think that support system is such a huge factor in your success. And you need people who truly want to celebrate you and say, Robbie, the thing you just did, that's fantastic. Now, why don't you start thinking bigger, right? And it's always this, this is great. Let's celebrate it, but let's keep pushing forward. Because I think too many people get complacent. They, they let their guard down. And that's when I kind of have this belief that if I'm not moving forward, I'm moving backwards. And that means even if I'm standing still, I'm going backwards. If I press pause, 
I'm going backwards. And I need people who are willing to say, Robbie, the thing you did was so cool. I need that like sense of like, I'm doing good things, but also to say, Robbie, keep pushing, keep pushing. I think every entrepreneur needs that. And they're very hard to find these type of people when you do find them, cherish that relationship. For me, not as many peers can resonate with me because most of my peers are in a nine to five role. I've had the opportunity and I consider it a blessed opportunity to create this platform because I were recording this now about episode 140. I've had the chance to connect with that many like-minded people, create a great community, and it's going to be a great event coming soon where the whole team is invited. But now we're going to look and talk about learning a little more. You're a career learner like myself, so I look forward to this answer. Who would you choose to sit down with in the entrepreneurial world, dead or alive? All right, so I'm actually going to cheat a little bit and give you two because one isn't isn't technically an entrepreneur, but he's somebody that I look up to and really admire, and that's Anthony Bourdain. And not truly an entrepreneur, but certainly created, you know, a, his own show, his own book and created an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. A a business around himself. And so if I was going to say any person, that would be who I would, would learn from, because I love his, his perspective on life, on history, on enjoying yourself, but also taking care of yourself, of building things of building relationships and realizing the beauty in all people. And I think that has always spoken to me. I was a history major in college. I love getting to know people and seeing really what's the underlying, you know, core issue that drives people that, that makes a place, the place that why is their food the way that it is? So I would talk to him about how he was able to create that life for himself. Now, the second one that I would choose is Richard Branson, right? I just think he's just an absolute, you know, incredible example of like, let's have some fun, but also like this, I I call it delusional confidence, that he's going to be successful. And it's not because he's cocky or just expects great things to happen. It's because he got knocked down enough times and realized I can keep getting up and keep going forward. And that's where I think this idea of delusional confidence really comes in, where we start having like this conviction, this total self-belief in ourselves, because we've been through the hard times, we've been through the rough times, and we've seen we can make it out. So I would love to learn from him and how he's just built his business, his life, and just his overall philosophy, I think is it's, it's captivating, right? It's so charismatic the way that he approaches things. I love both choices, especially the Branson choice. Dropped out at 16, started selling magazines. And then this 16-year-old was so business savvy to leverage his existing clientele to start sell, med, uh, sending mail records to them. Unbelievable story, but now we're gonna delve a bit deeper and I'm sure they might be two different answers for your two choices. Where would the meetings go down here? Yeah, I think that Anthony Bourdain's meeting would have to go down in in Thailand because he was a huge Thai food fan. And so I would want to sit. I think there's the the famous episode of of him and Barack Obama actually seated at bar stools, very low, like these little like plastic chairs and him and and Obama are eating together. That's I would want to basically recreate that because I think that would be just a, a such a dope place to be. And then for for Richard Branson. You know, I, I personally, I would love to, to do it with Richard Branson on a, uh, on a spaceship. I think that that would be the way to do it, right? Like, let's, let's, let's go up to space and have a conversation, uh, Richard Branson. I think that'd be a ton of fun. You might have to do the whole thing and just call Elon up and Musk will get us up in the air right away, get this meeting going. But now we're going to look into the future, Robbie, short-term, long-term ambitions with anything entrepreneur related. What do you got going on short-term? You know, I think short-term, I'm, I'm really building out uh, a, a much higher ticket, higher touch kind of program. You know, 
around performance speaking, because I, I want to give people that attention that they need, but also be able to, to scale my time. Because as you know, as an entrepreneur, we have a finite amount of time. Yeah. And part of it's trying to balance our impact with the amount of time we're willing to give up. So I think, you know, I've, I'm creating some self-paced courses and offering some group coaching offerings. And then of course, like a higher touch, higher ticket, uh, cohort based course. And then you also know I'm writing a book. So that is, is coming out too later this year around uh, selling right. yourself yep. and why that's so important. And that's kind of the, the short-term goal is to get all those pieces really rolling smoothly. The, you know, I, I, I have goals. I'd love to, to have a team of about three to five people working by, by the end of the year on performance speaking and really helping me turn this thing into a machine that not only makes my life nicer, but really has an impact on customers and clients I get to work with and help them achieve their dreams and maximize their impact in the world. Well, I look forward to seeing all of that unravel. Be sure to look out for his book release. We're going to have him on the show writing with authors when it comes out. Stay tuned for that. And now we're going to get his analysis on this week's spotlight story. For everyone that's new to the show, each week I share the entrepreneurial journey of someone who made it because I want to let you know you can do it too. And as we have a rock star lawyer turned entrepreneur on the show this week, I will introduce the journey of another in Chrissy Lightfoot. She's got a great story from law to entrepreneur law and then to entrepreneurial endeavors. She has an awesome story as she was named in the list of world's top 50 female futurists and is also LinkedIn's number one best connected and most engaged woman in the legal sector, fourth across all sectors. This former lawyer is not only a best-selling author, but in 2016, she created the Robot Lawyer Lisa, which stands for Legal Intelligence Support Assistant, which was the world's first impartial AI lawyer. I'm not sure if this is still modern technology, but this NDA AI app has already been used in 130 countries to date. Here's a quote from Lisa on it. Lisa is so transparent, impartial, objective, and fair. She goes straight to the heart of the matter, the middle ground, so that the parties get a deal as quickly as possible with reduced costs, reduced time, and no adversarial input from any human lawyers whatsoever. I also learned from her LinkedIn that for nearly 12 years, she's also been running Entrepreneur Lawyer Unlimited. And this company's core services, of course, include law and related strengths such as law tech, legal tech, and thought leadership. Robbie, what do you take away from this story? Maybe any additional info as a former attorney? I think it's beautiful. I think it is so, so powerful because the legal community is stuck in the stone ages. They don't use technology. They are hesitant to implement anything that can make the lives of clients better. If it reduces costs for clients, they don't want it because that means they make less money and they get to manipulate clients more. And that is bad. So I love, love this product. I love this entrepreneur journey. I think it's so important for the combination of law and tech to start intertwining so much more to change what is really an antiquated industry and bring it into kind of current day and help more people. Again, I think that's what it's all about. And that journey that you just described is about helping people get better results, paying less money, with less kind of human friction going into it. So I, I absolutely love that. I think it's, it's spot on and we need so much more of that in the legal industry. Yeah, tech is changing every industry. I'll also shout out an earlier episode, Haley Altman, who created Doxley, also out of a need. I remember a story of looking for this paper all across, couldn't close a million dollar deal. 
So then Doxley came about and it streamlines that process as she calls the archaic process of uh, old school paperworks. And with that, I got to thank you so much, Robbie, for joining this platform too. Value is all throughout. I loved your two difficult parts of being an entrepreneur. Very to resonate. And of course, why you became an entrepreneur. Everyone out there, follow your heart. Success will follow you when you're doing what you like. He's even taking it as far as creating a book for his brand to grow on. And now it is time for your last word, Robbie. How would you like to end the show? I think it's important to realize that I believe that every person has a, a voice and a story inside of them. But too often times, the voices and the stories we're hearing are the same ones over and over and over again. And the people whose voices and stories we need to hear the most of get silenced, feel like they don't belong, feel like they can't do it. And the truth is, I've worked with enough entrepreneurs, founders, and individuals at this point to say, you absolutely can do it. If you have skills and expertise and knowledge, you have something to offer to the world. And that means you need to embrace your voice. You need to embrace your story and you need to share it because at the end of the day, it may affect just one other person, but you never know what that ripple effect is going to be. Great last word. Wouldn't expect anything less here, Robbie. Can you now please take the time to share your social media website? Any ways you would like to share for our listeners to reach out? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Vince. And if anyone wants to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter. It's at Robbie Crab. I am on Instagram. That is at the Robbie Crab. And then my email is Robbie at RobbieCrab.com. Of course, you can also read my writing on my website, which is RobbieCrabtree.com. Those are the best ways to get in touch with me. And I always look forward to talking to people that I can help. So feel free to reach out on any of those mediums. I answer them all. I run them all. I'm there. Thank you for sharing that, Robbie. And again, thank you for joining and everyone listening on. Thank you for listening. So why don't you check out our social media while you're checking out his. We're at That Entrepreneur Show on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, on Twitter, we're at Podcasts by Lancey. So you have updates from all the podcast shows. My handles are at Vincent A. Lancey for all social media and YouTube. And my website is VincentALancey.com. It's time for the quote to end the show. And this one is from today's Spotlight Entrepreneur when asked how Lisa started. Having practice as a solicitor, but also being a buyer of legal services as an entrepreneur, I came to realize that there are only a handful of tricky and sticky negotiation issues that solicitors actually need to fight over their clients. So the idea of creating Lisa came with the realization that in order to cut the time and costs in the adversarial toying and throwing, why don't you cut to the chase and get straight to the middle ground instead of starting as far apart as you can and then coming to a middle point? where you know that your client and the opposite side want to make a deal. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on That Entrepreneur Show.